You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Hello, hello. Lisa here with this week's podcast. And I want to talk to you this week about retreats. And really, how I used retreats to get ahead in business, because they're not just a fun holiday, which I think is what a lot of people see them as, and they don't get the most out of them. So I really want to talk to you about, if you're going on any retreats this year, how to get the most out of the business retreats that you go on. Because when I started in business, I was really strategic about what I paid for. And retreats were one of those things that I did pay for, because I could see strategically how I could get a lot more out of them than say if I did a course or worked with a coach one-to-one or anything like that. I did do those things as well, but this was definitely, retreats was definitely something that I thought, yeah, this could work well. So I started investing in my business early by going on lots of smaller retreats. And now I've gone on bigger retreats. I've gone on retreats that are part of masterminds. I host my own retreats and I can really see now, not just from me, like how I get the most from them, but the people that come on my retreats, I'm one of those people that are really like, I'm a people watcher. I'm really aware of what's going on. And I can see the people that are doing really well, like using that retreat to the best of their ability so that they get the most out of it. So. Why retreats? Why did I even start with retreats? Well, it was because I couldn't afford, if I'm honest, to be on the masterminds that I really wanted to be on. I would look at people who were people that I would love to have been in their mastermind, and it would be 30,000 or 20,000, and I wouldn't be able to afford that when I was at the beginning. But I wanted to learn from people at a higher level than me. And sometimes I couldn't go on the masterminds because they'd say, well, you have to be at seven figures or you have to be at multi six figures. And I wasn't there yet. But I knew that I wanted to learn from people in a room that were at a much higher level because that really helps me when I'm around people that are already where I want to be. So I'd go and search out the people whose masterminds I would go in if I was allowed to go in them and if I could afford them. And then if they put a retreat on, I'd do the retreat because I would know that they would attract the same kind of people who go on their masterminds, the same kind of people that are in their world would go on these retreats. And so I'd still be able to surround myself with the right kind of people. Also, it is a tax deductible holiday. (laughs) Like if you think about it, there's not many great things in business that are tax deductible, but retreats are because it's training. So flights and everything can go through the business. So it made sense to me if I wanted to go and see a certain place, whether that was LA or somewhere else, I'd go on a business retreat so that it could go through the business and it would be tax deductible. And I'm someone that loves travel. So that was always going to happen. So I wanted to be in the rooms where people were discussing things at a level I was not at. And I knew that those people with masterminds that couldn't afford would have those people And they would be at that level where I wanted to get to. So when you hear people discussing issues at this kind of bigger level than where you're at, it gets you to that level. Because when you're around people making big money, you sort of realize, this sounds awful, but you sort of realize 
they're not actually any smarter than you. So being around all these people making like seven and eight figures, thinking, well, now I'm around them and now I'm chatting to them and they're talking about how much money they're making. They're talking about the rest of their lives. It's made me realize they're no smarter than me. They're no more privileged than me. They haven't got something that I haven't got. So I started realizing, well, if they can, then I can as well. And it's much easier to see that when you're around people in real life, when you can see that they're having trouble, you know, juggling the kids or all the normal things that happen like talking about their weight, you know, just silly little things that when you look online at perfect images, you often think they have some secret that you don't have, but actually being in a room with them makes you really realize it and your subconscious realizes it. So being in a room of multi-seven figure businesses when I was at six figures was the ultimate for me in money mindset work. Like all the money mindset work that I had done was all based around, you know, there's no reason why you can't make money. It doesn't matter that it's where you've come from and all of those kind of things. But actually being there in a room of those people brought that home to me. because I was like, these people are just normal. I could meet them at the school gates. They're just normal people. And they're making eight figures. And it just like clicked everything into place and made me realize that then I can. I'm no different. And so it really helps with money mindset. It also made me put things in place quicker. Because I realized some of the issues that these people were having at this higher level than me were things I could solve early on and would never need to worry about them because I was learning from them and the mistakes that they had made. But I needed to learn it from them. The people in my circles weren't people having those kind of issues yet. And so we didn't know kind of what was coming. So, for instance, I got my first tech VA really early, much earlier than anyone would normally do. And it's because I sat in a room of people who all said, I wish I'd have got my tech VA a year or two earlier, way before I could afford it, because it would have made my business grow much quicker. I wish I'd taken on staff much earlier, because I can see now I look back how it prevented me from growing. So I was able to do all of those things that they were talking about at much higher levels that they wished they'd have done, because I was at that stage, so I could do all of those things. So it really helped for that. The other biggie, so it's probably the biggest, was the network. I wanted to have access, not just to the person that was hosting the retreat, although I did want access to them as well, but I also wanted access to the other people on the retreat because I knew that that's where opportunities were in networking, is like going to that next level. So opportunities came from all of the different people I've met at retreats. And we all know that people pass on opportunities, whether it be on podcasts or anything else, to people that they consider to be friends. You can't become close with anyone or realize you get on well if you don't know them in real life and and have sat there chatting to them. It's much easier. It really helped me and is still the best part of any of the, the masterminds I'm in now, because a lot of the retreats I go on now are part of a mastermind that I'm in. You know, now that I can afford those masterminds, I go into them and it's still the best part is the network of the other people there. But at the beginning, it was the best part of the retreats is to get access to these people I wouldn't normally. So I wanted to give you a few ways that you can make the most of any retreats that you go on over the next year or so. So the first thing to do and people, what people mainly do, they book on a retreat and they go, oh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to get drunk with all of my friends. <laughs> And I'm just going to be on this retreat and have a bit of fun. 
I might learn a thing or two and then that's it. I'm going to come home. And there's so much more that you can get out of it if you just think more strategically about what you're doing. So the first thing I would do is research and follow any people that are going to be training you on that retreat, if they tell you, and all of your fellow participants before you go. They literally ask who else is coming on the retreat and they'll send you a list of the people coming and then you can go and follow them on Instagram and know what they're all about, get to know them online because one of the reasons that you need to follow them all is one of the best things about being around other successful people is they also have a network. So when you're there and you're doing something on this retreat, you want to be taking photos, putting them on Instagram stories and tagging all those other people in. Because then if you're tagging people in, their network sees it and they see that you're with them. So for instance, when I started hanging out with people that were really well known in the industry, and I wasn't known at all because I was new, I'd go on these retreats and everyone would get tagged in their posts and I would tag them in my posts. And then their whole audience would be like, well, who is this person? She must be at the same level as the person that's there because they're hanging out on this retreat together. And so they'd all follow me and I would gain loads and loads of followers, which our audiences, I would do the same. So even if it's people that are on your level of whether financial or, or how long you've been in business or anything else, even if it is the same, share audiences by tagging each other in. But also just follow those people because you might get to know them a bit more and realize that actually there's some kind of collaboration you could do with them or something like that, which is really, really useful. The second thing, there are going to be normally on a retreat learning sessions. So on my retreats, we have two full mornings where I invite people who are in my network who are normally like seven to eight figure business owners to come and teach something to my retreat people, the people I'm taking on the retreat. So there might be things on those learning sessions that you might feel you aren't ready for yet. Like this doesn't apply to me because I'm not at that level. Let's say that you're fairly new in business and they're talking about how to scale or they're talking about how to hire a team and you think, well, I don't need to listen to yet. Listen anyway and make notes. Some of my biggest aha moments have come from a sentence someone has said in a training that I didn't think I was ready for. But also look around at the issues that other people are having in the room and how they react to things that are being taught. Because you need to be thinking, who are my ideal clients in this room? What questions are they asking? What things are they worried about? Because you can solve those issues if that's your ideal client. So it's like a really good up close and personal focus group. You, know, you can find out lots of different things about your ideal client in one go. People open up a lot more on retreat. So you get to see what issues people are really having rather than the, you know, the, the one-dimensional issues that they might put in a Facebook group, for example. Like I haven't been on a retreat yet where people haven't cried, <laughs> not my own or other people's. Um, and it's because people become very vulnerable in the presence of other people when they're connecting. And you get to find out, you know, what's really going on with people and how you can really help them. And that means that if those people are having, you know, these kind of problems, maybe your audiences as well, and you'll be able to come back and help them. Always be aware that not all of the learning at a retreat is done in the sessions. Like a lot of people, they go to the sessions, then they go back to their room 
and work or they go back to their room and, and watch TV or whatever. Like they have the learning sessions and then they go off on their own. And it's such a waste. Make time between the sessions to go and have a drink or go for lunch with other participants. Get to know what they do. Talk about what they do as you might be able to help each other. Talk about what you do. This is the part of collaboration and networking on a retreat that is really, really valuable. Some of my best clients and definitely my affiliates have come from retreats that I've been on. My Forbes article in my first year in business or second year just was written by someone that I met on a retreat. That would never have happened if I hadn't gone to lunch with that person, got to know her and she got to know my story and said this would make a really good Forbes article. And that was just from a retreat that I was on. So make the most of the time. The reason that people who put retreats on put quite a lot of space in it is because they know that the best bits of a retreat are the bits where people are just going off on their own and networking with each other and you know going to the beach or going for a walk or going for a drink at the bar. Or any of those kind of things is what's important. Network properly. That means having an intention. If there's someone you know that is going on that retreat and you want something from them, have an intention that at some point you are going to ask for it rather than just, oh yeah, it was nice. We all got to know each other. Like ask for the thing that you actually want. So I've had amazing people teach in my membership, people like Alex Beden, Denise Duffield-Thomas, Laura Belgray. And it's because I asked them after meeting them at retreats or on the retreat. I remember saying to Laura Belgray, do you want to come and speak in my membership? We were having a drink. She's like, yeah, of course I will. And then I followed up afterwards. So it's about knowing what you want out of the networking, knowing if there's things that you want to collaborate on, like ask those questions. Hot seats. So normally on a retreat, not always, but most of the ones I've been on, there will be time for hot seats. Hot seats, if you don't know what they are, is when one person has a problem that they're trying to solve in their business or wants to brainstorm something. And then all of the other participants help. So it's facilitated by the host, but really it's a hive mind kind of thing. It's where other people that have had experience with that thing go, well, this is what happened when I did it. Or, well, my advice is this because I'm your ideal client or, you know, those kind of things. And you might not get the chance to have such an experienced group of people give advice to you. I see quite a lot of people that are too shy to do hot seats. So they sit and listen and they will still pick up things from other people's hot seat questions. But if you can like bring yourself to go to the retreat with something that you want to solve in your business. So I've said things before, like if I've had a problem with a team member or I'm not getting the right kind of client or I've gone in and said, look, the thing that I really need right now is opportunities to be on different people's podcasts. And so those people in the room have said, well, you can be on my podcast. So, you know, use the hot seat. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. I've seen people sit there at retreats trying to show that they know everything, like in the hopes their ideal clients there. So they don't want to show that maybe they don't know something or they don't have a problem with their business. They're trying to be all like, no, everything's cool. I don't need advice from anyone. And it's such a waste because even if their clients are there, if your clients see you being vulnerable and that you're open to learning and that you're asking for help, that's even more attractive to a client than someone that feels like they know everything. So ask for help and get involved in these things because you've paid for it. That's what you're there for. My next, my number six learning here, don't write everything 
that you learn at this retreat in a notebook and then put it on a shelf, which is what so many people do. Start implementing what you're learning while you're on the retreat. So retreats always put downtime in. People generally use it to network. If you don't want to network, use it to implement. So for instance, I've been on retreats before where they've shown us quick ways to use things like a ladder post on Instagram to get five new clients and they'll teach us how to do it and everyone will write it down and put it in their notebook. I will do it like straight away. After the session, I will go and spend half an hour implementing what they just said so that it's done because I know that if I get home and I'm in a different environment, I might not do it. So anything that you can implement, do. Write down any learnings that might not be for you. So you might be listening to something and go, well, this has nothing to do with me. But you might be able to pass on those learnings to your audience. And so it might benefit your audience. Content is everywhere. And as long as you credit what you've learned to the person you heard it from, it's great to share. So I've often come back from retreats and said, this is a really good tip that such and such told me on the retreat. And I think it would be beneficial for you guys. It's content, like use it. Everything that you do is content. You could do lives based on the things that you've learned there. Some retreats have influencer dinners. I have influencer dinners at my retreats because I really want people to get to know the speakers and the people I'm bringing in, like my high level kind of network more personally. And I've been to a few that have had like a few retreats myself that have had influencer dinners. And I've become friends with those people at the influencer dinner, which is, you know, if you really, if you just find you get on well with people and you wouldn't have met them if you were not at that retreat, at that influencer dinner, it's so good because it's somebody that you then can be friends with for a long period of time and you can collaborate with them and do all sorts of things. So make sure that if you are invited to an influencer dinner on a retreat, you first of all go and use it to get to know them in a more like informal setting. It's where friendships start. So don't just sit and listen to others talk, get involved and follow up afterwards. If you got on really well with somebody, send them a note afterwards saying, you know, if you're ever here, let's go for a drink. But mainly have fun. You are going to be surrounded for a few days by people who really get you, are as ambitious as you, so you can let your guard down and actually enjoy it because there's not many people that we have around us on a, you know, when we're on holiday, for instance, for two or three days that are in the same position as us, that are as inspiring as the people on a retreat. So really enjoy it. Don't go into it scared. Retreats can be such a good way of widening your network learning from other people, having space to really work in your business rather than on your business. I mean, when do we work like properly about the growth of our business? We're always too busy doing to look at the growth and to to be more creative with what we might do in the future. It can really spark big ideas being around other people who are creative. I think that retreats are a brilliant thing. Um, The retreats I host are generally part of my mastermind. So we go on two retreats a year. But because so many people asked for it this year, I'm doing one that is not part of my mastermind. It is a standalone retreat in New York um, for three days. It's nearly full. I think there's one space left. There might be two at a push. Um, But if you want to check it out, you can go to the link in the show notes. I've got some epic speakers coming 
and I've got an influencer dinner with some of the most influential people out there in our industry. So it's going to be a really, really good New York retreat. I'm really looking forward to it. But whichever retreats you decide to go to, whether they are at home, whether they are abroad, whether they are spiritual retreats, whether they are strategic, whether they are fitness retreats, whatever it is, be strategic about why you're going. Be open and friendly with everybody there and implement your learning straight away. That's the best tips I can give you when it comes to retreats. I hope this has been helpful. I'm going to continue to go on retreats. I love them. I'll always go on them now, I think. And I'll always be strategic about what I do on them. I'd love to see you at one of my retreats, whether in my mastermind or on one of my standalone retreats in the future so that we can get to know each other a bit better as well. I'll be back next week with another podcast for you, but enjoy your week, whatever it is that you're doing. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.